The Washington Commanders roster isn't set yet, and I'm going to drop three names the team could target in the next phase of free agency right now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime at 202 202- 7602644. Thanks for making Lockdown Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. And a special thank you to our everydayers who come through five days a week to join me here on the Lockdown Commanders podcast, despite having just three million in cap space and a rookie class that they still have to sign. I'm going to target three free agent veterans for Washington and tell you how they can still pay for them. Now, the Washington Commanders certainly did some good things in the NFL draft, but they could still help their roster with some savvy free agent moves in this final stage before OTAs and training camp gets started later this year. Last year in this same stretch, post-draft between OTAs, training camp, and the NFL draft, all that stuff, the commanders did end up signing some players who played in the regular season, like tight end Armani Rogers, who had 158 snaps, and guard Trey Turner, who ended up with 767 snaps, during the regular season. So I thought I would come up with some still available free agents, at least at the time of this recording Again, NFL moves can happen at any time of the day. So if any of these three players are gone by the time you're listening or watching to this episode, uh, I apologize. But at the time of this recording, they are still available and on the market. And first I'm going to go with one that might make you guys cringe a little bit, but I want you to hear me out because the first name I'm going to talk about is wide receiver Kenny Galladay, former New York Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, former Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Now, with the Giants for the last two years, Galladay appeared in 26 games, 43 receptions, and 602 yards and one touchdown. That is terrible. That is a terrible stat line for two years of play with the New York Giants. But also... He played with the Detroit Lions, right? Four years, 47 games appeared in 183 catches there, 3,068 yards, 21 touchdowns. When you look at holistically of four years of production, doesn't look amazing, but it's not nearly as bad as that two-year run with the New York Giants was. But you also have to remember that he had a two-year stretch there in the NFL where he had 135 catches in those two seasons, 20 or 2,253 yards total, 16 touchdowns. And those came in the two years leading up to the 2020 season where he ended up missing 11 games due to injuries, including a hip flexor injury that he suffered in week nine of 2020 that put him on IR and out for the rest of the season. And that ultimately that production is really what sparked the New York Giants to sign him to that pretty big deal uh, that they signed him to and really showed everybody kind of that potential that Kenny Galladay had at the time. Now, it's possible that those injury filled seasons uh, may have very well derailed what was once a bright future. But back in 2021, when he was a free agent, ended up going to the New York Giants. I remember wanting the Washington Commanders to make a run at him. Now, they ended up going with Curtis Samuel instead. And, I mean, the first year, right, first year in New York, Kenny Galladay didn't do a whole lot first year in Washington. Curtis Samuel didn't do a whole lot for different reasons. 
Curtis was injured, couldn't get rid of the injury bug. Kenny Galladay was just struggling and uh, would continue to struggle. Curtis, obviously, in his second year with Washington, did much, much better. And I think we're all happy uh, with the decision that they made. But now that door is open again. So why does this make sense for the Washington Commanders? Well, for starters, you're not talking about bringing in four-year, $72 million contract Kenny Galladay. That's what the Giants did. That's who they brought in. Now, what you're talking about bringing in is a potentially lower deal. I saw a projection that has Galladay projected to earn $2.5 million on a one-year deal. And honestly, now that we're after the NFL draft, I'm not even sure $2.5 million is really all that realistic. But either way, you're talking a far cry from that four-year $72 million contract. So already, we're talking about getting a player that has some proven potential. We've seen him perform on the NFL stage, and you're getting him for much, much less money. Now, you also have to consider the commanders made an offer to wide receiver Cam Sims, who ended up joining the Las Vegas Raiders, and they tried to sign Cam Sims, Washington did, even after they brought in Chiefs receiver Marcus Kemp in early March. I've seen some comments, seen some fans talking, and they think that Marcus Kemp, Kemp is that Cam Sims replacement. But even after they had Marcus Kemp, they still made an offer to Cam Sims. They still tried to bring him back. Cam Sims ends up going to Las Vegas, uh, where he thinks he's just going to get more burn there, right? So they aren't having, or they aren't against, rather, the commanders aren't against having two big receivers on the roster to start this thing, whether it's OTA's training camp and all those things. Now, currently Washington has just one receiver listed over six feet tall. That is Marcus Kemp. So bringing in Galladay gives you another chance at finding a red zone target, big receiver type of guy who obviously has upside if Washington can tap it, can tap into it, if Eric Bieniemy can tap into it. And what was Kansas City always known for? taking players that most people don't think is all that great and turning them into something better. We've already seen Eric Bieniemy take a New York Giants receiver cast off in Kadarius Toney and turn him into somewhat of a Super Bowl hero. Again, not you know the hero of the Super Bowl, but Kadarius Toney made, made some very important plays for the Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl win over the Philadelphia Eagles. So not the same type of player, but we've already seen EB take a Giants cast away, turn him into... Uh, a treasure and you know, a great tight end, very unheralded out of Duke. I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl. It was kind of like, look, this guy's not really going to be an offensive weapon type of guy, but next thing you know, he's making plays here and there for the Kansas City Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, a guy that nobody had on their radar coming out of last year's NFL draft, ends up being one of the most impactful rookies in his class. Why? Because EB, Andy Reid, and that Kansas City Chiefs offense was able to utilize him better. I say give it a run. I say give him a call. See if you can bring him in. See if you can tap into that potential that Kenny Galladay once showed. If you like that idea, I got two more for you. If you don't like that idea, stick around. I got two other names that I want to throw your way for you and for Washington to consider as we get closer to OTAs and, of course, training camp with rookie minicamp right around the corner. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best protein bar ever built. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing, you're not even going to realize that they're good for you. When I get a sweet tooth urge, I don't have a big sweet tooth, but when I do have a sweet tooth urge kind of pop up, I always reach for a Built Bar. Just today, I had a mint brownie Built Bar. Absolutely delicious. One of my wife's favorites are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like that mint brownie, but also churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars while, while containing amazing macros, like only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but they pack 17 grams of protein. You can get them at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club, 
while your specialty flavors can still be found at built.com. If you go to Walmart, you can find yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff in the pharmacy section. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in there and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. And of course, make sure you head to built.com. Check out the limited edition animal cookie bar, peanut butter puff, and snickerdoodle chunk puff. Built bar, built.com. You got to try this. Being a locked on commanders, your first listen or view of the day today and every day, every day is out there. We've got another mailbag coming up next week. We're going to return to our live Tuesday mailbag episodes. So if you've got post draft questions, if you've got questions about these prospects, look, I'm doing my film deep dives yesterday. Uh, if you didn't catch it already, I did my deep dive on the two defensive backs, Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, how they fit into the depth chart, how they fit into the defense. And I even rearranged the secondary depth chart. Uh, the way that I project the Washington Commanders to enter the uh, the offseason program, OTA training camp, all that. I'm working on the offensive linemen, watching film. Once I have those games completed, I will drop that episode, and then we'll move on until we get through the whole draft class. But we will have a Tuesday mailbag live episode dropping 11 a.m. Eastern time next Tuesday. So if you got questions on them, on anything else related to the Washington Commanders, Drop them in the mailbag. You can email them to LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, dharrison82. Drop them in the YouTube comments, in the live chat, during the premieres, or you can text them to me via subtext, 202-760-2644. So many ways to get a hold of me. There's no reason to not get your question in for next week's mailbag. But for today, we're going to continue our look at free agent veterans that could fit with Washington. And I've got two more for you. My next one is offensive tackle, offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn. Wynn was a first-round pick in 2019, ended up spending four years with the New England Patriots after being selected, again, in that first round. Highly inconsistent during his career so far. He's got some games that are graded in the 70s, according to PFF, but he's also got a couple games that are down in the 20s. But he does have more green than red, but still those reds are kind of a concern, right? Until last year, however, his three years prior, his three seasons prior, all graded out holistically in the green at 70 or above. Last year was his worst year as an NFL pro, probably one of the reasons that he is an NFL free agent. Let's be honest here, guys. At this stage of the offseason, your NFL free agents available, we're not talking about the greatest of all time, right? Every single one of these guys is going to have a flaw. Now, upon leaving the New England Patriots, Isaiah Wynn sent out a tweet that basically told NFL teams, that they had better come to him with at least $5 million on the table before he's even willing to have a conversation. Now, now that we're post-NFL draft, I don't know where Wynn stands on that kind of demand, but there's two things that don't really mix in the National Football League. They are bad attitudes and inconsistent play, especially on the offensive line. I've had a conversation with several media members, and we all kind of tend to agree. If you're going to have a bad attitude, you better not suck. So that's going to that's be something... Uh, that you kind of have some concern. And again, Isaiah Wynn doesn't necessarily suck more years than not. He's in the green. He's at a 70 or above. So why could this work for the Washington Commanders? Well, for starters, you don't really need him as much as you just could use him. I know that sounds weird. If we don't need him, why are we going after him? Well, again, remember, these are final stage veteran free agents that we're talking about. Andrew Wiley is a serviceable right tackle. So is Sam Cosby. Charles Leno Jr., as much as some people didn't like some of his performances, very solid when you compare him across the league to the rest of the left tackles. Uh, I was covering one left tackle in Tampa Bay last year who had many, many more problems than, than Charles Leno Jr. did. He is a free agent right now. 
and he is not one of the names that we were talking about today. Perhaps by now, though, again, that $5 million tweet was a little while ago. Maybe by now, Wynn has kind of come to the real realization that if he wants to continue being an NFL player, he's going to have to humble himself just a little bit. There are a lot of cases in football where young players, we've seen it before, they tend to think a little bit higher of themselves. Maybe the rest of the league does. And they uh, they get a little bit of humble pie fed to them. They go to another location after being humbled a little bit, and they tend to do a little bit better. This may be an opportunity for Washington to be the recipient of that little bit better. Between Eric Bieniemy's no nonsense demeanor, the leadership of guys like Andrew Wiley, like Charles Leno Jr., and the fact that Wynn needs a career rebirth right now more than the Commanders need a right tackle, Washington could offer him an opportunity and get the best version of someone that was and at times has shown first round talent all right we got a lot of work done on the defense in the nfl draft even if we didn't see a little bit cody barton coming in expected to be the starting mike linebacker but let's turn this last free agent target over to the defensive side of the ball anyway and i'm going to drop linebacker rashawn evans on you this is another former first round pick in the nfl draft for those who are curious kenny galladay was a third round pick in the nfl draft uh rashawn evans first round pick in 2018 the exact same season that the washington commanders drafted deron Payne, and rashawn evans was an alabama teammate of deron Payne's coming out of that draft also a teammate of jonathan allen while john was in uh, alabama spent four years with the tennessee titans who drafted him in that first round before eventually signing with the Atlanta Falcons ahead of the 2022 NFL season. He played in a, he has played in 11 or more games in four of the five NFL seasons he's been in and 16 or more in three of those seasons. But his best year came in 2022 with the Atlanta Falcons. 159 tackles, led the team, uh, and was a career high. Two sacks, four passes, defense, and two fumble recoveries. Also had more than 100 tackles in 2019, and he had 96 in 2020. He's an off-ball linebacker used mostly to cover while he was with Atlanta. Uh, could come on a deal right around $2 million for one year. Uh, so that's kind of an affordable option. And look, obviously, if you're talking about this guy, you're going to go to John. You're going to go to Duran. You're going to ask for their blessing or you know whatever. And if they give you a vote of confidence, say, yeah, Rashawn is that dude. He can be that guy for this team. Then you bring him in. You let him compete with Cody Barton. May the best man win. The other guy, you're, you're, you're part of our depth. David Mayo will compete. Khalid Hudson will, will compete. Milo Eifler, all those guys. And at worst case scenario, maybe you end up being a veteran special teams or teamer who uh, comes in uh, when we need you or if injury happens, we can bring you in. So Kenny Galladay, Isaiah Wynn, and Rashad Evans, my current free agent veteran targets for the Washington Commanders. Uh, I know wide receiver, not the biggest need, but again, when you look at kind of the niche that Kenny Galladay could fit here, I think that it works out. Isaiah Wynn, uh, a former first-round talent, he's a younger guy, still still has a little bit of development ahead of him. If he can come here and show that he can be that guy that everybody thought he could be, and worst-case scenario, you've got competition for Andrew Wiley, uh, and if he wins and, and, and Isaiah can kind of push him a little bit, then you get the best out of Andrew Wiley. And then finally, again, Rashawn Evans, teammate of Deron Payne and John Allen's in college, Alabama guy. We know the Washington Commanders like those Alabama defensive players. All right, so those names are good ideas, and then you know every veteran free agent could be a good idea, but we talked just this week about how the Commanders are projected to be over the salary cap when they add their rookies from the NFL draft. So how do I suggest Washington adds these three players? I'm going to give you that answer coming up next on today's episode of Locks on Commanders. Now that we've got three names to consider veteran free agents out there, and again, if you have your own veteran free agents that you want the commanders 
uh, to target, drop them in the live chat during the premiere or drop them in the comment section. And I'll gladly take a look at them and, and share my opinions on them with you as well, because there are many, 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 many more veteran free agents available than just the three that I listed here. So let me know. Let's find the money now to make these moves happen. Regardless, no matter who the three are, no matter who the one is or whoever you've got that you want the Washington commanders to go after, they still got to find the money to do it. Now this year, currently the commanders are projected to be about $2 million over the salary cap. If you factor in their current draft picks that they still have to sign and agree uh, to deal with. And again, that's under the top 51 cap rules that are in effect until the first week of the regular season. If you need some info on how the top 51 rule works, uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend that you check out our episode titled Washington Commanders NFL Draft Class Impact on Kendall Fuller and Chase Young slash Chase Young option because that is where uh, I broke down top 51. We did a whole lot of salary cap talks uh, in that episode. So go back and check that out if you need a little bit of information on how that whole thing works. So we talked about some options for how the team can sign their draft picks and stay under the cap because they have to stay under the cap. The time to be over the cap for just a little bit is gone. The Washington Panthers' bottom line have to stay under that top 51 cap, and then when the season begins, have to stay under the salary cap. But what if they wanted to sign some new veterans like they did with Trey Turner just last year? Well, there's certainly room if they want to do so. According to over the cap, the commanders could free up about $30 million of cap space with simple restructures. So what is a simple restructure? When we're talking about simple restructures, usually what you're referring to is base salary in a player's contract being converted to signing bonuses. When signing bonuses or when salaries are converted to signing bonuses, those bonuses, that added bonus to the bonus that they've already got, are then split evenly throughout the remainder of the contract up to five years down the road. So the benefit for the team is more cap space. You take some of that salary that a player is owed today, this year, and you spread it out through the rest of the contract in the form of bonuses. That's the benefit for the team. The benefit of the player is more money up front because bonuses get paid all at once. If I convert $10 million of your salary into signing bonus, you're going to get that money this year while I'm going to account for it on my books against the salary cap for the next however many years you have left on your contract. Again, only up to five years. So if you hear that, say, $10 million of a player's salary was converted to signing bonus, then that $10 million of salary is likely coming off of this current year. So you're talking about 2023 NFL year, $10 million of salary coming off that contract. Usually that is now going to be spread over the life of, uh, of, the, of the player's contract. So if the player has $10 million of salary converted into signing bonuses and there's four years left on that deal, then that $10 million, which again comes from this year's base salary, turns into $2.5 million in bonuses over the next four years, including this year. So that means your $10 million number this year in salary turns into a $2.5 million bonus. You save $7.5 million on this year's cap in that one fail swoop. Now that is a simple restructure. Now you do add $2.5 million onto the next three years salary cap, right? So that's important to remember. But if you need that 7.5 mil this year, you're gonna worry about that 2.5 million down the road, right? So now that's the simplest way to, to talk about restructures. So you hear restructures and, you know, Terry McLaurin restructures contract to free up $9 million for the Washington commanders. That's not Terry McLaurin taking a $9 million pay cut. In fact, usually he's getting more money up front. And a lot of times they'll take unguaranteed salary, flip it into signing bonuses. So now you're actually getting more guaranteed money than you were guaranteed uh, at the inception of the deal. So 
There are also several other stipulations. There's roster bonuses and workout bonuses that the team can use uh, to kind of finagle these things. So we're not going to get into all those things, but the simplest form of a restructure, turn salary into bonus, spread the bonus over the life of the contract. And sometimes you even go into void years. We've had talks about void years in the past as well. We're not going to get into that on this episode. There are three players for the Washington Commanders, right? So if you track all that, there are three players for the Washington Commanders that offer the most bang for the buck if they agree to restructuring their current deals. According to Spot Track, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, if he agrees to a simple restructure of his contract, could free up up to $9.55 million this year from the salary cap. That means that the Washington Commanders could take $9.55 million of salary money, flip it to bonuses, spread it over, and essentially nine and a half. It's actually more than nine and a half because nine and a half is a savings from this year uh, moving forward. Offensive tackle Charles Leno Jr. could save the commanders $4.97 million by agreeing to restructure. Tight end Logan Thomas could agree to a $2.9 million savings if he agrees to restructure his deal. Those three players alone combined for $17.42 million in cap savings. Now, they're not the only three players that can agree to restructure their deals, right? And really, if you have a deal, it can be restructured. I mean, Deron Payne's deal is brand new and it can be restructured. So, I mean, really any player that has a contract, it can be restructured. It's just a matter of whether or not it's valuable or not. And usually if you just signed a contract, the team kind of already knows what they want you to count for uh, against the books this year. You're not looking at a restructure, but these guys who have existing contracts and Terry McLaurin also has an existing contract that could be restructured, but his would only save the team like $1.5, $1.9 million or so. But if you simply get Jonathan Allen, Charles Lone Jr., Logan Thomas to convert some salary into bonus, then you could save about 18, well, about $17.5 million. Now, if you deduct the $5.5 million that's projected to impact the top 51 cap number when you sign your draft class, you're left with about $12 million in cap space to add another veteran or three. Maybe you go after all the guys uh, that I mentioned here. So even if Washington gave win the $5 million that you tweeted about, which uh, I don't think the team would do, they would still have $3 million. You could still sign Kenny Galladay, his projection, Rashawn Evans, his projection, and cave and give Isaiah win $5 million for some reason. And you'd still have about $3 million left after you sign those three players and you bring in your rookie class. Again, you're not going to give Isaiah win $5 million, but uh, let's just say, you know, what if, uh, that happened. So all of those deals would likely be one-year prove-it deals, right? You're probably not signing any of these guys to long-term contracts, which means they'd have no future impact on future cap numbers uh, unless they ball out and earn an extension, which is a great problem to have if you're the Washington Commanders. And if they don't pan out, it does suck a little bit to pay a guy, say, $2.5 million, bring him into training camp and go, okay, the Giants were right. The Lions were right. We're going to go ahead and let you go, buddy. Uh, and, you know, you essentially get nothing in return. But the potential upside if you get Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, the upside on that is super, super high. So my my opinion, Rashawn Evans, he's the safest opinion. He's a linebacker, off-ball linebacker. He's been a starter. He led a team, an NFL team last year, uh, just last season in tackles. He fits kind of what this scheme is for the Washington Commanders. Win, I think Isaiah Wynn is the next safest option as far as from, from a play standpoint, but obviously he's a little bit risky. And then Kenny Galladay is clearly... Uh, the biggest risk of these three options. Of course, you also have the ownership issue to deal with. That could lead to some of these players having to agree to some sort of deferred payment, uh, the signing bonuses and stuff like that. Although signing bonuses, you know, sometimes take like 12 months to get paid out uh, anyway. So that's really not new business for the NFL. Some former Washington players are still out there, of course, and available to also return 
uh, potentially. Trey Turner, the guard uh, that was signed around this time last year, is uh, still available. Obviously, he knows the team better than Isaiah Wynn does, knows the coaches better than Isaiah Wynn does, um, all those things. But as a veteran offensive lineman, I would think that if you were going to return a guy, you probably already want him in-house. Linebacker John Bostic is out there still available. Center Nick Martin also still available. Running back Jarrett Patterson uh, is still available. And tight end Eli Wolf, uh, another Washington commander from last year who is still a free agent unsigned at this time. If any of the three names that I signed get on Washington's roster, any of these players available from last year's roster return, then you know I'll be here to discuss those ramifications with you. And I will appreciate you as I do every day, especially today, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day. For my everydayers, continue to watch film. My plan is for tomorrow's episode to be that deep dive into these offensive linemen. I got to make sure I can actually get through the film, though. Again, don't want to rush it. I want to make sure I give you guys the best product that I can. Subtexters, you guys got the links to the YouTube videos I used for Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. So if you watched uh, along with the episode, then I appreciate that as well. Again, we're firing up a live mailbag next Tuesday. So if you've got questions that you want to get into that mailbag, send them via email to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com, on Twitter at dharrison82, in the YouTube comments, in the live chat during the premiere, or you can text it to me, 202-760-2644 via subtext. Signing off for today's episode, I'm David Harrison. Staff writer for Commander Country, Park Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders and hanging out with you five days a week. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Lockdown Commanders, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.